ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. My name's Jeremy. I'm Adele. That was a funny uh, little intro. And How- Roxy's here too. Oh, of course. Roxy's doing great. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Adele? Well, this is an off-the-cuff... No, today we're just going to sort of uh, talk about <laughs> random things. We're going to answer a few, like, I want to say fan questions, but they're also our friends and things like that, you know. No, we only view them as fans from now on. <laughs> well, what's, what's new in the world of Adele and Jeremy and Roxy and Crumb and Maui? Well, really not much because we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm full on working from home now, like... Uh, not just working. Sorry, I'm not in training so much anymore. I'm actually taking calls and stuff, which is fun. And since since Adele is senior to me in this position, uh, I go to her for advice. And it's kind of funny because back when we were flying, I was way senior to her. So <laughs> now she's the one who is senior. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our schedules have switched again. So we're opposites again. Our when we work on the same days, we're pretty uh, have a similar schedule. We're only a couple hours off now before we were six hours off. Um, but we don't have any days off together anymore. Yeah, for the next couple weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, actually. Yeah. Till the end of March. And we don't even know if that's going to change. Yeah. So essentially, um, you have Tuesday, Wednesdays off, and I have weekends off. Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, it's like... We have our mornings together. <laughs> mornings and then evenings, like you don't have to go to bed as soon as I'm done work at yeah. 10, yeah. which is nice. But at the same time, it's like, it was nice to have those full days together. Yeah. So on our on our last day off together, we, uh, we did a little trip out to the mountains. Um, you know, we just went into Canmore, uh, went for a nice little walk. Uh, just outside of Canmore. Yeah. But we, yeah, we went for a little walk. Roxy went for a little walk. We got some nice pictures. Then we went into Canmore and we went to our favorite bagel spot there. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Bagel Company. It's so good. I mean, it's kind of artisanal bagel Yeah, stuff. Like They have a lot of different uh, flavors or however you want kinds of bagels that they make on site. And it's it's a splurge for sure. But I mean... We hadn't gone to the mountains since the beginning of January. Yeah. So that was almost two months that we hadn't gone because, you know, schedules are crazy. And, you know, and when what... we work full time, we don't have the time anymore yeah. to, to just do that all the time. And, and one uh, of the best parts about living out here is being able to jet out to the mountains, you know, whenever. It's just an hour, hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. And that's also kind of why it's a big bummer to not have the days off together anymore because we can't do that right now yeah so until we have at least one day off that's the same we can't really just go to the mountains even though we have you know now the morning together before i have to start work it's you know not really feasible to take an hour and a half road trip to just hurry home like it's not enjoyable you'd be stressed about making it back on time yeah you know what if you get stuck in some kind of traffic or construction or god forbid anything so or, yeah. or like it's happened where there was a herd of elk crossing the highway and you're stuck for an hour. <laughs> that happens. Mm-hmm. So mountains are going to have to wait for a little bit, uh, hopefully not too, too long. We we had a discussion and we figured it's 
it'll be nice to kind of not be away from each other but have time off to just do our own thing because mm-hmm. of course you're off today and i have to work all afternoon so you're gonna do your own thing get your car taken care of do things like that and tomorrow as well and i'm working all week and then in the weekend i'll be able to see my friend for her birthday and oh, that's exciting yeah, yeah celebrate with her with doing that and stuff and then you know it's uh it'll be nice to have some time apart because of course we've been pretty much 24 7 together since march so it's been a year we're joined at the hip yep (laughs) yeah which isn't a bad thing but at the same time sometimes a little distance is good but you know we're still kind of bitter about not having the days (laughs) off because it's a harder yeah well i mean we're working for a big company again right so it's harder to like manage our schedules and then it's just harder to deal with when we're yeah because we're so used to being together well, it's, well, it's also this, the scheduling isn't like nobody's really helping us. Yeah. Well, a few people are trying, but they like, when it comes down to it, it's the, it's the scheduling department that sort of does everything. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, you like to say it's like the pass the buck yeah. situation and it's definitely evident in bigger companies. And when you're trying to do something as simple as just having two same days off we don't care if it's monday and tuesday or saturday sunday yeah you know as long as we have those two days together but yeah we've pretty much been told uh no dice yeah (laughs) Yeah. it is what it is um but whatever it is still temporary and we're hoping to you know get back to the skies at some point jeremy we're hoping this year is is going to be the year that he gets back and stays back in the sky and then for me i mean you know, if you get called back this summer, who knows how fast things can go. But, yep. you know, hoping it's not another two, three years for me and it's just another year or so. But who knows, really? It's just kind of only, a big question mark still. But only time will tell. There's there's hope. It's things are progressing. And, you know, vaccines are ke- are being rolled out. You know, it's that's consistent. Things are reopening, at least in our area. So today I did actually go to the gym. I know. You were so excited. You've been talking about it for the last few days. Yeah, I mean... What was the atmosphere like at the gym? Well, it's it wasn't busy because there's only 10 people allowed in at once. Okay. So, like, personal training has been allowed for about a month now. But, you know, just going to the gym and doing my own thing hasn't been allowed. Um, so that well, has been... Uh, opened up as of yesterday Mm -hmm. so march 1st and uh yeah so if you have to book your time slot uh and you know reserve in advance so i was able to book in for the whole week and then beginning of next week as well but who knows how easily it'll be you know i make sure to do it a long time in advance to be able to to actually attend and it's only an hour time slot so that too is you know if you if i want to go for you know have a good workout for two hours or two and a half hours. That's not possible right now, but it's a start. And, you know, I'm very much appreciative of being able to go for even that hour because I'm not the kind of person who can steadily work out at home. I get distracted. We have, you know, Roxy and the two cats, or I look around the room and I'm like, okay, I need to vacuum this. I look at the kitchen. Oh, I need to put this in the dishwasher. I get so distracted and so, uh, focused on all the other tasks I need to do at home. So yep. I stop my workout and start doing other things. And then I'm 
trying to be as productive as possible when I'm at home and not doing my job. So it's, yeah, it's not a good situation and hasn't been. And being back at the gym, at least I'm at the gym. There's only one thing I can do is work out and I only have an hour. So I take advantage and I actually work out for a good hour. Now, when you're working out, are you more into listening to podcasts or do you listen to motivational music, like upbeat stuff? What's what's your preference? I mean, it really depends. At the gym, they have Wi-Fi. So today I just watched Netflix. Oh, nice. But it depends what movement I'm in. Sometimes I just want that upbeat music. Sometimes I want to keep listening to the podcast that I was listening to on the way there. Sometimes I'm watching YouTube videos. It just depends what mood I'm in or what Mm -hmm. I need to keep catch up on yeah on my videos or stuff like that but uh yeah i mean that's just all like in line with things are progressing in canada and hopefully it gets better and keeps getting better and not regresses again because you know we were getting better last summer and last fall and then things got worse yeah so let's hope that this time things are steadily improving and that we actually just you know if it's slower this time fine so be it if it takes another eight months to get back to actually you know semi-normal fine i'd rather that than we go back to normal within two months and then shut down again and then shut down by like september you know i don't want that i'd rather a steady progression and then once we're there you know like gyms are open now restaurants have been open here um well stores never close but you know if gyms and restaurants close again like that's just taking taking another step back and all these people that work in these gyms and these restaurants and these cafes and you know they have to go back on unemployment again and it's just for them i can't even imagine going up and down up and down up and down it's i mean we're steadily laid off it's i don't know what what's better if we had been called back every couple months and then been laid off yeah is that better or just you know you know i'm kind of i'm kind of happy where we are we know we have a steady job we know the paycheck is coming from that like we have the benefits from the job like you know that's all all good and dandy whereas if we were going back and forth and flying and layoff and okay got our file for unemployment again and yada 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 like i'm i'm happier just being in a stable job working from home you know my commute is 20 steps to the basement it's great and yeah, so I'm I'm okay with this right now. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, we can't really complain in the sense that we do get to work from home. Um, and, you know, I'm with Roxy all day and can take care of her, can let her out, can walk her, can feed her when she wants. And she's perfectly happy being on my lap all day when I'm yeah. taking calls. All right. So talking about some other aviation things. So I got a message from a friend of the podcast, Todd, and he was asking, uh, he was asking a couple questions. He had listened to our episode with Sully. And he said it was really interesting learning some things that differed in real life from the movie. And now he wants to hear about more of our training exercises and things that we do in training. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of the drills we do in training. Well, Jeremy, this is your turn to shine because you're the training expert. <laughs> well, I was involved in training for yeah, close to 12 years on and off. Uh, so again, all of this information you can find on Transport Canada's website. It's uh, under the flight attendant training standard, and it tells you exactly what flight attendants need to follow and need to be successful in to become a flight attendant. 
So as part of that, we do uh, in Canada, we call them crew drills. So uh, at the different training bases all throughout Canada and for all the different airlines, we have uh, simulators where, you know, it's set up like an airplane cabin. And then, you know, we throw scenarios at the participants or the students who are in there and they have to do things like fight fires, uh, provide service, something interrupts them, the oxygen masks come down uh, because of a depressurization. Uh, they have to be proficient in both land and water landings because depending on how the aircraft lands, you might have to do, you know, your shattered commands for water, you know, putting on your life vest, things like that. Then we also do prepared emergencies where, oh, we know something's going wrong with the plane. So now we have to prepare the whole cabin before the potential crash landing. You can't see my air quotes, but <laughs> potential crash landing. And uh, and so we have all these different steps to follow. You make sure you follow all of them, complete that checklist, and then let it unfold as, as you see fit. Uh, and yeah, some of the simulators throughout the country are pretty neat. We've got motion simulators uh, in some bases. Um, the ability to have smoke and pretend fire that that has to be fought. We can have fires in a multi, multiple different places, whether it's in like a waste bin. So it's kind of simulating someone throwing a cigarette into the trash can and seeing what happens there or, you know, something from an overhead bin that may have caught on fire or, you know, a wiring issue. So there's a fire behind like a sidewall panel and then they have to discover that. So there's all sorts of neat little tricks and, and things like that. Um, one of the major things in training is our shouted commands. And that's one thing we kind of show participants early on in training, we do a demonstration of it and it kind of, I don't want to say freaks people out, but it kind of like really brings them to attention like, oh, okay, this is like serious stuff. And then that's one thing that gets focused on quite a bit throughout training. And uh, like, I remember when I was, uh, when I was doing my training, when I first became a flight attendant, we were staying in a hotel because I did my training in Montreal and uh, we, we got in trouble, but it was kind of one of those, we'll give you a pat on the back, but don't do it again sort of thing because uh, someone at the hotel had complained because we were practicing our shouted commands in one of the communal rooms. And I guess we were a little too loud. So the word got back to the trainers and they were like, oh, good for you for practicing, but do it quieter. So you're not disturbing anybody else at the hotel. We're like, oh, sorry. Oh. So it was kind of one of those good job, but don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Because in training, they put emphasis on being loud yes and when authoritative when you're doing your drills like um like in our training i think it's usually like that there's several classes that are being trained at the same time so during initial so you we could be in our class doing one thing and then we would hear the other class shouting their commands in the simulator or another room yeah and it was it you know, it's loud. You have to be because in an emergency, everything is happening. And that's the point. Yeah. So yeah, you would like, you're doing something and suddenly you hear people start shouting and it's like, yeah, it's quite distracting and it's quite yeah. loud and it's quite, uh, you know, attention grabbing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, I still remember like uh, some of the classes I taught. So they would be like in their first week of training and then we would have an annual recurrent training class come through. And as part of your annual training, you have to go through all of these shouted commands again. So then people would be lined up and okay, they start doing their shouted commands as part of annual training. And then all the initial students would be like, oh my goodness. And like go and try and watch. We're like, no, let them be like, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, so another question that Todd had, you had mentioned that people got sick during the, the fam flight on your training. Yeah. 
Can you tell us more about that? Was it because of the turbulence or? Well, it's because um, I think I mentioned that when we did our that flight, like the pilots do maneuvers to, to have intense G-force. Mm-hmm. So you can compare that to being on a roller coaster, but like, I don't know, 10 times more intense and more like a strong sensation. So if you're already getting queasy on a roller coaster or you have like motion sickness in that way, imagine being, having that feeling, but so much more amplified and so much worse. Yeah. And you know, not everybody likes roller coasters or can handle, you know, motion in that kind of way. And I don't know about you, but I've never felt anything like that before. It's not something that, oh yeah, I, you know, fly my plane and have these G-force maneuvers and sensations happening all the time. So yeah, that's what caused everybody to be sick. But the trainers and instructors got really mad because everyone who got sick just kind of became not incapacitated, but just kind of, you know, they were just out of it completely and kind of half asleep and just, you know, half passed out in their seats and not, you know, paying attention anymore. I mean, you you can't really blame them, but you know, the trainers were really not happy about that. And we got a really big talking to after because of everything that happened. I mean, you can't really blame them at the same time. What are we supposed to do? We, We got sick and I definitely felt it. I, I didn't pass out or anything like that, but I was definitely feel, feeling nauseous and yeah and uncomfortable. Yeah, it wasn't a fun feeling. Yeah, and and just to go over some of the um, maneuvers and stuff that that are happening during what what's called a group line indoctrination flight. So we do a rejected uh, landing and aborted takeoff. We do simulated turbulence if you can't find any turbulent air, uh, and then we do a. So you're probably cruising somewhere in the 30,000 foot range. And then we do a rapid descent. So it's like a, as if there had been a loss of uh, cabin pressure. So now we have to bring the plane down to 10,000 feet, which is a breathable altitude as quickly as possible. Now, in a real life scenario, the oxygen masks would come down, but you're still trying to get down to that altitude uh, as quick as possible. And that's where you're going to feel that big, like, oh, like you're on a roller coaster going down a huge hill, but not just like a little Canada's Wonderland hill. We're talking 20,000 feet, like, you know, and you're trying to get there quick. So it's not throttle back and nose down. It's throttle forward, nose down and really push it. So, uh, so that's, that's an interesting one. Now for the aborted takeoff, um, I've done it both in a training world as well. I've had two aborted takeoffs in the real world. One was at high speed. Uh, and that's where just picture you're now driving uh, like on the busiest highway that you can think of and you're doing 120, 140 kilometers an hour. And then you have to slam on your brakes and come to a full stop. Well, think about that, but even faster. And instead of your little car, it's a gigantic, like I've done it in a 767. We had an aborted takeoff. No, I've had three now. 767, a DC-9, and an Airbus 320. Those were the three different aircrafts I've had it. And the Airbus 320 was very high speed, uh, where we had to get maintenance to come and check the aircraft before we were able to go and uh, and take off again. Wow. Yeah. And so that's basically just you're going, you're going, you're going, and you're expecting to lift off the ground, but instead you slam on the brakes as hard as you can. It's... Yeah, it's pretty intense. And I mean, there's a reason for it, right? If there's something wrong, you don't want to be in the air with something wrong. It's better to be on the ground. So 
So that's, that was interesting. Um, and now the rejected landing is a, is an interesting sensation as well. So for anyone that's been on a plane, as you're coming in for a landing, you're waiting, you're waiting, you can see the ground's getting closer, and then you feel the wheels touch the ground. Well, in this case, you're just before the wheels touching the ground, and then you go full throttle and straight back up. It's a neat sensation as well. Again, I've had that both in simulations, like in uh, training environments, as well as in real life. I've had a I've had a good number of rejected landings, and that could be due to traffic. So someone else is on the runway when they shouldn't be. Oh, got to reject the landing, go around again. We've had traffic in the air where the aircraft in front of us was going too slow. So we had to pull up and go around. And then uh, fog. We had fog in Ottawa. So we went in for a landing four times. Each time they said, nope, we don't have enough uh, visual clearance to see. Boom, reject it. Ended up going to Montreal, refuel, and then came back to Ottawa. <laughs> that was in a 767 too. Mm. Yeah, I had one in Frankfurt, rejected landing, but it wasn't like we weren't that close to the ground. Okay. We were landing, we were, you know, the cabin crew was seating, the seated, the, you know, the cabin was secure and everything and we're descending and then suddenly we feel going back up. So we, I don't think we were that close. Like, I don't think the landing gear was down yet. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, when you're sitting down, you're ready to, to land, especially after that long of a flight, you're, you're ready to get home yeah. or get into your hotel room. And when you don't feel it landing, going, you feel it going back up, you're like, oh gosh, what now? What's going to happen? How long are we going to have to circle? Is it going to be a half hour, hour? And the passengers too are, you know, wondering and you're sitting in front of them like ah, it's okay don't worry <laughs> yeah. i mean everything is it's fine it's not an emergency but you know people always have questions and you know that kind of flight too when you're landing in an international hub like frankfurt most passengers have a connecting flight so at that point you have all the questions of am yeah. i gonna miss my flight what's happening where why aren't we landing how long is it gonna be and you're like it literally just happened i don't know yeah yeah so yeah, it's always always interesting, but you know, safety first, right? Of course. Uh, there there was a case at one point in St. John's, Newfoundland, where they had to do a rejected landing because there was a moose on the runway. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's one of those urban legends or if it's a true story, but <laughs> I'd like I'd like to know. I'd like to think it's a true story. <laughs> well, aren't didn't you say that you saw like fox and like coyote in like the Toronto airport? I saw a deer off the runway in the Toronto airport. Yeah, it was. It was like because there's like a little ravine close to one of the runways. That's a, that's where in 2005 the Air France plane uh, went off the runway, uh, and so yeah, yeah. There's a whole like little ravine, and uh, when we were taxiing for takeoff one day, takeoff or after landing, I, I forget. But uh, yeah, I looked out and I'm like, that's a deer walking over there. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so see, if, if you saw a deer in Toronto, I don't think it's highly unlikely to have a moose in St. John's <laughs> yeah, when true. there's a lot of moose in Newfoundland. So I would I would believe that that would be true. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good one, though. So uh, Todd was also asking, because uh, we had mentioned on an episode that to celebrate me doing that new job, uh, we had some bubbly. So he was like, so do you mean like champagne or do you mean like bubbly, the, the like uh, flavored water drinks? I said, well, in this case, it was actually Prosecco that we had because we get the Prosecco from Costco and it's quite good. 
That was his question. <laughs> yeah. So I said Prosecco in this case. Haha. And he goes, excellent. I was hoping to, I was hoping so. Uh, because we just bought the peach and pineapple flavors of bubbly last night. And so I said, they're both good. We're mildly obsessed with the bubblies <laughs> as I'm drinking one right now. And then he said, they should sponsor you that in Costco. <laughs> yeah. Costco probably owes us lots of money by now because we mentioned them every episode and now bubbly. Yep. The sparkling water. Yeah. Contact us at moderate turbulence podcast at gmail.com. Looking for sponsors. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. But I mean, they pretty much have the best ambassador that they could. Michael Buble. <laughs> He's actually really funny on those commercials. And they're like, oh, look, it's a bubbly. He's like, it's pronounced Buble. <laughs> yeah. it's It works so well. Like they, it does, yeah. The people who thought about having him on board <laughs> there as their marketing campaign. Yeah. They aced sure. that for sure. Uh, so one other thing, there's a new uh, Canadian aviation podcast that came out. It's called uh, The 76 Galley. Uh, I've listened to a couple episodes and uh, it's, it's, it's a much, it's a different uh, sort of format than ours. They um, have a guest on every week and they just talk about, you know, stories from flying and things like that. But uh, definitely go give that a listen. It's uh, available on most podcast platforms. So The 76 Galley, give it a listen. Oh, there was a, there was actually an article that was shared with me. Actually, it was shared with the Moderate Turbulence page. It was by Todd again, because Todd's awesome. Oh, and it was uh, Zoe's birthday this past weekend. So happy birthday, Zoe. I know we sent out a little Instagram. Oh, yes, that's very important to mention. Of course. Her 18th birthday. So happy 18th birthday, Zoe. Now she can have some bubbly too. Yes. Although I don't know what the drinking age is in Nunavut. Todd had mentioned that there's... um, KLM was trying a new type of fuel. They were using a synthetic kerosene as fuel. Oh, right. That was an interesting uh, yeah. story. So I was reading the the article. And um, so the KLM aircraft used regular fuel mixed with 500 liters of synthetic kerosene produced by Royal Dutch Shell with carbon dioxide, water, and renewable energy sources, along with regular fuel to power the aircraft. And then again, that's just looking at, you know, trying to cut down on carbon emissions and using different things other than regular fossil fuels to power aircraft and uh like i mean i i'm talking about tesla and battery powered vehicles all the time with adele and she's like stop talking about tesla because now i want one but they're still (laughs) crazy expensive but uh you know the whole world is sort of shifting towards more renewable energies and things like that so it's interesting you know there's been attempts in the past for aircraft to use alternate fuel sources but it's difficult, you know, it's very difficult to do because the way a jet engine works, it's still, you know, many explosions, making a fan turn, providing thrust, like. Yeah, but it's a start towards better, uh, a better future, more environment, environmentally friendly. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, aviation and the aviation industry is really not the most environmentally friendly industry in the world and i definitely think about it a lot when i'm flying i'm like oh yeah that's uh definitely not uh a good thing for the environment especially the amount of flights that you know as cabin crew that we take on a daily weekly monthly basis yeah and imagining how many other flights are actually you know airborne at that time and I would, on my 
work iPad when I had it, I would have this app. I don't remember what it was called, but you would see all the f- planes that were in the air at the t- at yeah. one single time, and it's like, actually insane apps, yeah. to see how oh. many planes are in the sky it's at neat. one given time in yeah. one given area. Yeah. It's it's crazy. There's uh, some cool websites where you can check out like a, a 24 hour time lapse of all airline travel, and it just shows like a map and all the little different airplanes going from where to where, and it's it's insane. You see all the evening flights from uh, from North America going over to Europe, so they go overnight. And then you see all the flights going over the Pacific and the ones going down. Like it's like you said, it's insane how many thousands of flights there are every day. I don't know about right now, but you know. In yeah, times. I mean, probably around Canada, really not that many, but it feels like the rest of the world's aviation is still mm-hmm. pretty regular or semi-regular. I don't know, but yeah. it really, Canadian aviation has taken a hit. And oh, big time, yeah. It's, it's quite controversial, the fact that uh, the contrast between other governments helping out their airlines and our government in Canada not helping. Like at all. Yeah. yeah. So that's also, you know, a big issue with, you know, Canadian airlines and are they going to survive? Will they be able to survive? You know, who knows at this point? Yep. Yep. We're hoping so, but yeah. there's no guarantee with anything right now because nobody could have predicted COVID. So it's a year in now. March 2021. Yeah. Um, A couple of other little things I wanted to touch on. So last week we paid a little tribute to your grandfather, uh, who was a pilot way back in the day. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my grandfather this week. Now, my grandfather unfortunately passed away in the late 50s, but he was a flight lieutenant in World War II. And uh, he was a pilot as well and flight instructor. And... um, you know, it's it's a shame I never got to meet him, but uh, my uncle had shared a photo of him a couple years ago just with the family uh, that was on Remembrance Day one year. And my sisters were like, oh my goodness, like, check out this photo. And then my cousin uh, was like, oh my goodness, that looks like Jeremy when Jeremy was like in his early 20s. So I might share that picture on our Instagram as well and see what you think. Yeah, you haven't even shown me that picture. I'm sure I have. No. No. Okay. Well, I'll show you. Do you want me to show it to you right now and you can react to it? Sure. Well, we would like to um, maybe start another kind of episode on our podcast here of kind of travel tips and flight attendant, flight attendant tips to travel or things like that. It could be destination related or time of year or type of travel, like if you're going for a full-on two-week or three-week or however long vacation, or you're going on a weekend trip uh, somewhere and you really just need a carry-on. So with traveling, it's I feel it's at the, at the end of our fingertips, like we're almost reaching it. I feel it, you know, the summer is going to come and I I'm I'm really thinking that traveling is going to be an option in the summer, maybe not to all destinations, but I feel like at least a number of def- destinations are going to open up. And I feel yeah. like it's it'd be nice to talk about our experiences with travel. And of course, cabin crew, we we are always 
packed and have the suitcase ready and we're, you know, on call 24 seven sometimes and could be sent anywhere in the world. So I think it would be interesting for us to speak about that. Yeah, definitely. And we can definitely have more guests and such uh, who can share their travel tips as well. Flight attendant hacks. Uh, another topic I'd like to get into, and we could probably do an episode on this, is um, the Starship. Starship? Yeah, the SpaceX tar- Starship. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, do you have the picture yet? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, so the SpaceX Starship, they're saying once it's fully operational, uh, it can join almost any two cities in the world in about 39 minutes. They're like New York to Shanghai, 39 minutes. Okay, I'm going to show a picture of my grandfather to Adele, and and she's going to react live on the air. Okay, I can see it. It's hard because Jeremy has a full beard right now, <laughs> and this picture is a clean-shaven man, but show me again. The same ears, for sure. The nose is different. But also, he might be younger than you in this picture. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's like early twenties. And I think the eyes and the chin. <laughs> we just need to put a hat on you. What? I can't react to the picture. No, that's all good. <laughs> just need to put a hat on you and compare it. Like a pilot's hat. Yeah, we'll post that picture. Yeah. If if your family allows us to. Oh, of course, yeah. So that's sort of my, my history of aviation within my family, going way back to World War II. Yeah. Interesting that we both had grandfathers as pilots in that war. wonder if they ever crossed paths. All right. So <laughs> hoping that this is the beginning of the end of COVID <laughs> and that, you know, everything opens up. I mean, I know in Alberta, it's definitely different than it is out east in Ontario and Quebec. And the Maritimes, yeah. Um, they still have the curfew in Montreal and well, all of Quebec. So, you know, that's definitely hard for them. And I feel for them. I, I have a lot of friends and family out there. And it's it's hard for us out here in Alberta. So I can't even imagine what they're going through. Yeah. And I'm talking about going to the gym and they haven't been able to go to the gym since September. They haven't been able to go out past eight o'clock unless you're one person walking a dog. Like, yeah, it's crazy. You know, so we're definitely luckier out here and we're hoping this opening up and loosening of restrictions happens throughout Canada. So everyone can have a bit of a f- fresh air and like, you know, ah, moment. Yeah. And, you know, that people keep getting vaccinated and that things just keep progressing. That's what we hope for everyone. And that once everybody can go on planes, that everybody can be nice to their flight attendants. Because they might have to save your butt one day. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Woof, woof. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram at Mod Turbulence on Twitter and follow us individually on Instagram at Huffy J and at La Delvi. Thank you.